If you believe in a linear universe, then the local time is 8.30. Nish. If you believe in miracles, then the crew is ready. Uh, Ish. And if you believe that it'll be all right on the night, then it only remains for the host to utter those immortal words. Our mics are hopefully live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the first of the rest of Hutton Orbital Live. Yes, we've shuffled the furniture and moved everything about a bit. For those of you listening on the radio, not much has changed. But for anyone watching on our TV channel, it's all a little bit different. Yes, it's us. With the news, some banter, a new article from the Encyclopedia Galactica... Hutton's Sky Tonight, the sports results, and of course, the Galnet Food Digest. So, time to sit back. If Lou sits back any further, he's going to fall off his chair. Sorry, dear. Bad back. These chairs are heavier than they look, even in zero G. And now, the headlines. Hutton tunes in. To the guard frequency. Alvin says that roughs are in. Have we lost a loo? We did briefly. <laughs> You're back. Would you like me to rebong? Go on, uh, well, uh, hang on a second. I'll turn you off again on screen. Yes. I'm going to turn you back on again now. Ready? And this is loose knockers. Hang on. Who's put the racy back into pie racy? Should we worry about a whole lot of nothing? There's the easy way, and then there's the trucker way. Hutton washes behind its ears. We see what kind of custody mess our systems are in. And I've got a sprinkling of news in my diary. First tonight, our father may have been a hamster, and our mother may have smelled of elderberries, but that hasn't stopped Hutton helping out over in the Anseath system. Guard frequency, podcasters extraordinaire, and good friends to the Hutton truckers put out an appeal for help this week, as their home system of Anseath was taken from under their noses during what should have been a routine conflict to repossess one of the stations from another minor faction. Forces loyal to Napoleon falls apart, revolutionary, Frenchman and warmongering regional dictator, managed to sweep into the local conflict, and with only a handful of raspberries at passing ships, plus of course the obligatory head-slapping and face-pulling at the guards, and they stole the system from under their noses. 
Given the option of bravely running away or putting the enemy to the sword, Guard Frequency decided that they needed a hand. Step up the Hutton background simulation team, freshly back from Colonia and suffering withdrawal symptoms from helping save systems. The usual heady mix of Sir Snuggles McKeague, the Welsh Knight, Wincewind Cymru, Sir Montague de Python, as well as Bam Steve the Red, and of course, the Wizard Wallace, when that would of course be me, stormed the battlements, kicked in the portcullis, climbed the spiral staircase to the throne room, and proceeded to thoroughly dethrone Napoleon, shortly followed by a defenestration with a boot up his jacksie. Congratulations are due to the Guard Frequency who've taken back to the airwaves from their home system and of course to the Knights, Three and I mounted our trusty ships and galloped into the distance complete with virtual soundscape courtesy of two coconut halves. If you and your system have come under attack from external forces who are being terribly mean, if you've got nowhere else to turn, then the Knights of the Hot Pit are always there to lend you a hand. With our glorious and oh-so-fluffy leader celebrating his 49th birthday today, fashion circles have been all a Twitter about his latest official photographs. Yes, for one golden spaniel, ruffs are back in fashion. In a series of photographs from celebrated faction leader photographer David Baileys and Cream, Alvin can be seen having replaced his usual identity collar with the latest in canine fashion, the Cone Ruff. Made of fine silk and hand ruffled by just about anyone who was passing, his new neck accoutrement appears to have set a fashion trend. It isn't, however, the most practical of garments leaving the wearer unable to itch their nose, drink anything without a straw, and of course, when misjudging entry through a doorway, coming to a sudden stop as their stiff ruff catches on the frame. It does look very stately when posing for photographs, though. Attempting to emulate and even surpass the well-dressed faction leader, Hutton's very own Rex Bottoms were seen to take it just that little bit too far sporting a codpiece and plus fours combination with a bowler hat. He's been asked nicely to go back and change into his approved roving reporter gilet and combat trousers combination and to stop messing about. So, happy birthday, Alvin, and we suggest that next time you make snods wear the rough and you go with something a little more practical for your neckwear. Recent attempts by Flossie to pass off an eye patch as just a face mask for a hamster, a wooden leg as merely the first instalment of a table that comes in weekly parts, and a parrot as no more than a movable source of pillow stuffing came to naught this week thanks to the eagle-eyed attention of Commander Naughty Body Wash. Our commander was relaxing, feet up, doing nothing more exciting than checking the temperature drop registered by the internal consumption of cold beverages and watching a vidcast of Commander Jusiona out on patrol when he sat bolt upright, slamming his glass down hard enough for a splash to make a small brown stain on the arm of his chair and a small trail of peanut-flavoured salt down the front of his flight suit told its own tale as his jaw dropped and he stared disbelievingly at the screen. In the centre of the picture was a ship 
flown by an expert combat pilot, and that pilot was Helen Lister, aka Flossie. It took the combined firepower of three ships to bring Helen Lister to justice, making a nonsense of a certain person's oft-touted claim that she is mostly harmless and not a danger to anybody. Flossie claims that the pilot shown was not her. It was just a pirate abusing her good name, but if that's the case, why was she recently seen clutching an envelope full of credits that was postmarked Sicily? And why was one of her Valentine's cards signed just Don? We do not believe in snap judgments, and we think that a person is innocent until proven guilty. But we would just refer you to the tale of the wolf in sheep's clothing. A recently unearthed historical paper from the early 21st century was recently found after the death of a Galapagos giant turtle. They do live to be very old, you know. And the paper had been used to line its hibernation box. The paper was entitled, Nothing Really Matters, and was published in the Journal of High Energy Physics. This paper was written by a theoretical physicist who definitely was not called Sheldon, despite it being related to string theory. It concerned bubbles of nothing that eat space-time and concerned something that they po posited that was a little like a space vacuum vacuum. Now we don't claim to be completely sure that we've grasped all the fundamentals that were covered in the paper, but as far as we can see, back in the 21st century, they were worried that a Dyson sphere would create a perfect vacuum. And this could expand to eat all other vacuums. And that it consumed space-time that was stringy. Like the bit that appears when you lift a slice of pizza. The worry was that the potential outcome could be that the entire universe would become as empty and as boring as President Hudson's annual brain scan. And this caused widespread panic amongst all intelligent and well-read governments of the 21st century, which is why there's almost no record of it today. In these more enlightened times, we know that this phenomenon, whereby parts of the space-time continuum suddenly go blank and is no more than the universe having a senior moment. And if it retraces its steps, it's bound to remember. So don't worry, sleep well. Commander Daglo Viking recently left home in a hurry, making the kind of mistake that's akin to setting off on holiday and leaving your passport on the hall table. He set off on a leisurely meander across the galaxy using the sleeper service offered by the fleet carrier FTM Alvin's Paw to take him on a sightseeing trip to the Anaconda graveyard. And of course it was only after the carrier departed that he realised his mistake. He'd left his good frameshift drive in his other jacket, or rather ship. Without a better drive, he'd have to stay in dock, unable to visit the more interesting and far-flung items on the itinerary, and have to put up with hearing all of the other pilots talking in the bar every evening about the sights they'd seen, and cry silently into his beer. So, taking his courage and his credit balance in hand, he paid to have the right ship transferred to the carrier, and thus was able to join in with the planned excursions. 
It was rather an expensive transfer, so if anyone knows of any well-paid missions to bring back to the bubble, pilots that may have got stuck in the Anacondas Graveyard region of space, please inform Commander Daglo Viking. Fresh from the fight over in Anseeth, and wanting to get their teeth into something a little more meaty, the Hot Pit BGS team moved their fleet carrier over for a little bit of action in DP. Yes, we've had our eye on DP for a few weeks now, and things have finally come to a head. With Mr. Shouty, aka Listerize69, Simmons, our very own Psycho Cow, and others spending all their time there. We know you know what we mean, but just in case, we mean Delta Pavonis. Pavionis and Operation Earworm. For four years, the DP earworms have been unavailable due to the local authorities deciding that ear-shaped, mind-controlling parasites were just not their sort of thing. Hutton disagrees, however, and as a registered rare item, Hutton's committed to ensuring that they're available to buy regardless of whether they're legal to sell anywhere. The latest conflict there should finish in only a handful of days from now, but the team have been on the back foot. Local forces have come out in force to defend the system and despite a mammoth 17 million credits worth of combat bombs on day one, the Hutton Earworm team were left in second place. Playing such classics as Ruby 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 Oar Oar Oar, the song For The Mug, and even Baby Beluga and Baby Shark at full volume, the team hoped to have the enemy routed by the end of the week and yet another rare back on the market. Just remember, uh, once we've done that, keep your Remlock on, as the Wiggly Ear Grubs will be looking at the side of your head as their next place to roost. As mentioned previously, the BGS team are focused on that grubby DP business, and as I love a bit of DP myself, not that Norma will join in mind, I'll keep this brief. Give things a boost in Stein 2051 and drop our influence in Wolf 124. Everywhere else will look after themselves until the grubs are back in play. Hmm, maybe that's a bit too short. Okay, if you want to make money, I'd sorry, I mean be a charitable trucker and help those who are suffering, we have an outbreak in Epsilon Eridani. There are a handful of other systems that could do with dropping a bit. For example, our old favourite WISE 0855-0714 and most importantly, Alpha Centauri because Alvin notices what goes on there. Over in Colonia, we're halfway to winning one of the never-ending elections in Tier. Everywhere else is just about how we like it. So for the Colonia commanders, both of you can take it easy for the week. Or, if you'd rather have some fun, Catch a lift back to the bubble on a carrier and help out over here. Hello. Not a great amount of community news this week, but tomorrow, Friday at 2100 BST, it's time for the monthly mug meet at Hutton Orbital. So, if you've ever fancied a go at getting your name on the Hutton Road of Hall of Fame, or just want to load up with some mugs, or just have a chat in the bar, Come along, all are welcome. And on Saturday at 2100 BST, we have the regular Hutton Does CQC event, 
where you have the opportunity to meet up with like-minded souls for some fun. And no, not a speed dating event, even if it sounds like one. We're just receiving details of the Snowbird Expedition, Livingston Point Ferry. It says, we would like to invite all commanders across each of the three main platforms, PS4, PC and Xbox, on an expedition to Livingston Point via a fleet carrier. The cold abyss is a dark and scary place. Places you have always wanted to go but are too dangerous to reach safely. Have you ever travelled to the farthest edge of the galaxy south? Well, if not, this is your chance. Livingston Point is one of the harder places in the galaxy to get to and return. It returns a 50-plus light-year ship and many Jumponium maps. It is still one of the fewer places visited in our galaxy. This expedition's goal is to try to change that. With the addition of fleet carriers, I hope to make this small sector of the galaxy more available for more explorers. We will be taking a month journey to Livingston Point and back. If you're interested, please do feel free to sign up on the roster. At the moment, the mission is on hold, whilst the Palace Federation are sorting out the tritium issues. But if you want to take a look at the details, we have a special link bit.ly slash snowbirdx And that was the news. Thank you very much to the entire team there. Hopefully all our voices went out live and I managed to push all the right buttons in the right order. Okay, nobody answered. Yeah, nobody answered. Nobody answered. They did. No. Seamless. Seamless. <laughs> now, obviously, I don't know if you can so, hear us at all. So, so extra <laughs> software on here. It, it sounds like I'm getting a little bit of a lag into your ears, but only only to my co-presenters, not to the not to the stream itself. Um, so you'll just have to put up with me speaking and then pausing for silence like this. Before they answer. Anyway, uh, I'm joined in the Is that studio. because you're an old lag? Oh, there we go. <laughs> that was exactly what I expected to happen. Um, so, um, <laughs> joining me in the studio this evening, we have uh, Harry Balsack, also known as Commander Palantir. Good evening, Commander Palantir. Good evening, good evening to our listener. And how are you this week? What have you been up to? Have you had to fit water wings? Uh, I did. Yeah, yesterday was a was a little um, little wet Shall we say? Yeah, we've had. Uh, we've lived in this house for over twenty years. Had the worst rain ever. Uh, nearly came in the front door and ended up with about an inch of rain in the bottom of our garage. Luckily, all the wine is up on wine racks off of the floor because I'm not going to get caught out like that a second time. And there were just some soggy cardboard boxes when I went in there today. Few. Few. Still, it's good for the garden, isn't it? A few indeed, few indeed. And anyway, sat next to you is hopefully a slightly less cardboard soggy Commander Wotherspoon. Good evening. And how are you, Commander Wotherspoon? <laughs> this is like being on a satellite link. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very I'm not, well, I'm thank not you. going to try and fix this, because that, that would involve me closing TeamSpeak and rerunning it, you see. And then, well, I could do, I suppose. I could witter on to the to the audience, and then I can just cut you all off. That that might work. Should I try? <laughs> I'm going to cut you all off. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Back in a second. <laughs> <clears throat> right, now that I've banished all of them, hopefully uh, you can hear me and I'm going to say bad things about them behind their backs. But um, let's reconnect back up to the studio. 
an ungaffer taper and see if that makes any difference whatsoever. I don't think it does. Oh, here we go. Welcome to it. It's ooh, slow. It's ooh, very slow, but I'm getting back into the studio now. And it's a nice man, isn't he? There we go. There we go. What, a, what a lovely man Vantian is. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, I have no idea. Absolute when I, when I reloaded it, it, it was very, very slow bringing back up the server here. So um, I have no idea whether we still got a lag. We probably do, but never mind. Never mind. So, yes, Commander Wotherspoon, um, we're going to be like we're on a satellite phone down to the Antarctic, I would imagine, along with uh, Commander Dogsbreath. Well, indeed, yes. I, 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 of course, I, I went um, to uh, the Anaconda Graveyard, so I was a long way away um, earlier on in the week, and it was rather, it's a rather lovely system to visit. It used to be a one-way system, a system that you could never come back from, and uh, now with fleet carriers, it's just uh, sort of six or, six or seven jumps away from uh, Alpha Centauri, which is wonderful. Well, yeah, that's not bad. What's that, one every 15 minutes or so? Yeah, that's right. So it's, uh, it's you know, couple of hours out couple of hours back and um we've been helping out your friends over at the uh, the guard frequency i mean we don't know very much about the guard frequency apart from the fact we sent loads of pilots to help them fill us in who are the guard frequency and why did they need help well the guard frequency are the uh the people who make the best damn space sim podcast ever <coughs> um <laughs> yes they, yes they do that's that's that, that's their strap line um they are a bunch of people based out of Anseath, which isn't that far away from where we are. Um, and their aim is to be a rescue organization, really. So they're, they they exist to help people out when they get stuck or when, when something goes wrong. Um, so the, the guarding they, frequency actually hmm? involves something they do, like guarding people. It, it's, some, it's something they do. It's also a, a play on words with uh, the radio guard frequency, I suppose. Um which is sort of inter interbands, and I suppose uh, it, it it's, it's also perhaps a reference to um, to 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 the emergency frequencies. Um, oh, yes, but but anyway, they they they, they do a, a weekly podcast. It um, it's recorded on what they call Friday night, but I call five o'clock on on Saturday morning, uh, UK time, and then they edit it, or rather, I edit edit some of it, and ah. uh, a couple of other people. Well, we have it. a vested interest in the room, then. I have a little bit of a vested interest in it. Yes, yes, it's one of one of, one of my many ventures that I, I, I get involved in. Well, they seem and like they, a decent hmm? lot, and um, they, they work. They are across the other side of the pond. Time, I think, to to us, don't they? Night shift. Yes, yes. The, 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 there's there's folks from Connecticut, from uh, Texas, from Kansas, and from Washington State. Right on across on the west coast. Plus, plus there's also um, a guy from Bristol that I'm aware of, and uh, you know there, there, there are a few people in the UK, um, but but the, the the kind of organisational leads are are across in the United States. Right, and anyway, they needed a hand, so um, I think you you got in touch Indeed. with the, the Hot Pit team. Indeed, yes. And Snuggles McGee and and, and the, the the Runeswind and Sir Monty of Python. The abs- they absolutely sprang into action, and uh, and yes, uh, it, it 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 was a bit of a bit of a whitewash on the on the rebound there. That um, it just needed having, that, having, little, that little push. I mean, obviously they were doing huge numbers themselves in the in the war that they were they mm. were in. They just needed that. Oh, little, absolutely, little, yes. Little bit extra, yes. Yeah. 
what what had happened is that they were they were trying to lose a war. This is one of these things you do in the BJS sometimes. That if 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 there's a faction that's lower down than you that has a station that you want, you need to you you, you need you need to kind of go down a little bit in order to. Um, in order to 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 take that that station away from them, but they 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 somehow managed to slightly overdo it. Something went wrong. They have a feeling that somebody might have had their their finger on the end end of the seesaw. Napoleon falls apart. Was it was the indeed yes 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 might possibly have been a French a French um, uh, group of commanders. Well, he, he not, said, not he said entirely the, sure. The bad things about our parentage. Anyway, I, I, that definitely happened. <laughs> Indeed, so yes. But anyway, they, they they somehow managed to lose the war, and losing the war, they lost their control of the of of their home system, and so that's what we were helping them do. We were helping them to win win control back again, and now they've now they've won control back. Uh, just today, just this morning, um, they're now going to come across and help us in Delta Pavonis, which is a a strange strange business. This is this is a, yes, a Lord well, shouting. I was going to ask. I was going to ask the next person in the studio a little bit about Go that for because it. That, that's a that, that's a that's a sort of another Hutton activity. Uh, Commander Deadmeat, you're also joining us in the studio this evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. And there's a nice segue there from Commander Wotherspoon over to you because having stopped that and Hutton space being relatively quiet, I think the one four eight one we won. So we've now got the double dozen. We have. We are up to a nice round double dozen. Yes. Yep. Um, anyway, we got that one, but the Operation Earworm has been going on for a while, and it started off a little bit slowly, and we tried to help one of the pirate factions, and that didn't work. But then Mr. Shouty and Psycho Cow and Simons and you know a, a bunch of Hutton commanders uh, went over there to do the necessaries with using another faction to try and get the Earworms back on the market. And it turns out we actually managed to get a match for a war. Yes, we are in a. It's, it's it's obviously because us being a nice bunch of people. It's a civil war. <laughs> it's, a, it's a civil war. But I say, old boy, would you mind getting your body off the end of my sword? There, it's got red on it now. Uh, <laughs> yes. I've got another man to stab, and you're holding on to the sword. What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. So, um, so we, we went over there, but they lost the first day. So they put in about the same kind of size uh, in terms of bonds and and one. Uh, CZs as the team over Anseeth did, but they managed to lose their first day, which means there is quite categorically some opposition over there. Yes, this is this is what's coming through. So uh, it's all hands. I, I think we've got uh, the the Bantabus boys from uh, the, going over, and uh, the, the troops have been rallied. Uh, right. So yes, it's and and our, all, all our new friends. The guard frequency, I believe, of um, having having sort of had a bit of a hand with their one, have maybe sent a couple of pilots over to lend a hand. Now, now there is yep. some some question which I'm going to have to ask uh, Flossie as well. Uh, Flossie, hello. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Now, um, uh, these here. ear grubs, these earworms. Yeah. Aside from being songs like "Baby Beluga in the Deep Blue Sea" and "Baby Shark Do 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 Do," um, they're not entirely legal everywhere. And there was a question mark about why Hutton would be helping bring something that was illegal by some factions back onto the market. We don't think it's illegal, do we? No. Oh. Just as long as you I don't, don't use it for illegal. doing bad things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, just don't do anything naughty with it. You know, ear grubs don't hurt people. No. Um, people do, or something. Yes. Isn't that how yes. it works? Anyway, so, um, yeah, we were bringing them back on the market, but and, and uh, what have you been up to this week? Are, are you been out on one of the... Are you are you, are you still on board the... Um, what is it? The Cloud Atlas? That's the one. Uh, yeah, I'm still on the Cloud Atlas. Um, I've not been on for a few days. I've had other things on. Um, like, on Monday, we had our 46th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. So, 
Um, <laughs> Is there anything Sean can do you uh, can do better? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I didn't, we didn't really sort of, obviously couldn't really go out for it, but I've made a nice meal, so it was nice. And... Um, well, you kept us company and planning planning for this show, didn't you? We we had a we had a a planning meeting. I think our first planning meeting in five years. We did, years. yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> yeah. And of course, we had the lightning, which I was watching for quite a while, and uh, took a video of. Oh my then, goodness! Uh, I, I, my goodness! With the storms <laughs> that came over, I think that's just about everybody in the UK has had. So these. we finished. It, we could say we finished our anniversary with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> many many bangs. And. Um, <clears throat> I was um, <laughs> nasty cough. Play, play, playing World of Warcraft right through it all uh, until uh, one o'clock, exactly one o'clock in the morning, when the power went off. <laughs> it only went off for about a minute, but you know, it, it sort of interrupted my game time. <laughs> oh dear! It's funny. It's never happened to me before. You know, <laughs> especially not when you poured a glass of wine right inside your PC. No. Oops! Oops yes. <laughs> I, I may yeah. resemble that remark. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so yeah. Well, it, it sounds um, like you had a relaxing not, evening, if nothing else. Oh yes, very relaxing. Yes, I certainly enjoyed watching the lightning. Um, no, nothing really much else. Well, look, so. congratulations uh, from us to the to the pair of you on on enduring <laughs> each other for for that long. <laughs> Thank you. I remember our fortieth actually. It didn't seem that long ago when we went to uh, Fantastic on a week later. Oh, it doesn't time fly. And talking talking oh, of time dear. flying, Amelia, there there are two very important other things we're celebrating. Hello, yes. Um Pick Hutton one. Orbital. Hutton Orbital. Hutton Orbital. <laughs> has existed for five years on one day. Five years and one day of Hutton Orbital Radio. I or know, at least right? Hutton Orbital. I haven't been around that long, but I've been, you know. It's like I've, I've been around for a fifth of it, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> yes. My goodness gracious me, where does the time go? We were doing some sums after, I think it was the last show, and we, we worked out that in five years, uh, writing a quarter of a million words of script for the shows a year, that's 1.25 million words we've written so far and performed on this show. Those were worthwhile. I, I resemble that remark. I, I wrote at least half of them. Um, it, yeah, and I mean, I, I dread to think how many hours, if it's a couple of hours of broadcasting a night for 52 weeks of a year, for five years, okay, skip a couple. You know, you, you're talking... 500 somewhere between 500 and 750 hours of broadcast a bit more if you count the ones where uh cow and you and yourself waffled on <laughs> yeah absolutely but no but there's, a, there's an even more important celebration today amelia there is yes a, a four-legged one it's alvin's birthday it is it's alvin's birthday alvin is 49 49, 49 years yeah, 49 young. dog years yeah yes also known so he's not quite caught snoz up but he's accelerating. Yeah. So so Al Alvin is now seven, our glorious leader. And he's obviously been in charge of Hutton for five of those seven. Oh, bless. But no, happy birthday to Alvin. And we hope you've been plaguing Snoz for plenty of sausages today and treats and fuss and not going and standing in the rain and getting completely soggy and then getting loads of grass seeds all over you like my dog. So I had to spend an hour <laughs> grooming him to remove all the grass seeds from his tail. But anyway. Oh, Snoz says nope. 
I don't know which bit Snoss says nope. The grass seeds or the rain? Anyway, um, so happy birthday to Alvin, and um, thank you very much to everybody, because obviously uh, this show, we've got we've got new stuff coming up. We've got old stuff, but we've also got new stuff, obviously, with the changes with Buck having now retired and uh, Mr. Cow on a on a sabbatical. Um, and also we were ditching the, the music and the Zoom, but we had good reasons for them. The the Zoom calls were adding a level of um, technical difficulty to, to the show where we were all having to do our makeup and everything to look utterly beautiful for all of our listener. And um, we decided we didn't want to do that anymore because we felt like being grubby during lockdown, or at least I did. So so we ditched the Zoom calls for the moment. It wasn't that. It was the eight hours a day in makeup I had to do. That's what I was well, fed up with. <laughs> yes. Um, but we I had to... Yeah. my normal ten. We had to. Um, we decided to took a decision to to uh, can that off, except for special events. That doesn't mean we're never doing it, but we're going to bring it back for special events. Maybe when we've got certain guests on, or for for the uh, the real big stuff we're doing, we're going to bring the the video stuff back. Um, and then, of course, we've taken a decision to lose the music as well. We liked last week, and when we're playing some of the sketches and and bits and bobs, and uh, you know, every now and again, if you open the door, because somebody just propped the door open, you can hear, I think, a station announcer in the background. This is a staff announcement. With a lighting technician, please report to the upper radio mast with a replacement orange bulb. Things like that can come over the radio, and actually some of the content we've created over the years, the sketches, the skits, the songs, the, the adverts, are things, things we love. And obviously, while the radio station is um, all licensed and we, we pay fees to put the music on, on there, doing it during this live show means a load of editing for the editing team, and also is a bit, bit shaky, possibly, on the Twitch grounds of putting music out during the show. So we have put a pause on playing music during the show, but we have got other content for you, special content this evening. Ooh. Including, Ooh. somebody give me a drum roll, including the return of Commander Wotherspoon, but not Galnet, something different. Anyway, I suppose we better move on a little bit. Does anybody have anything else before we sort of move into the meaty bit in the middle of the show? I was very disappointed. Oh, go on then. Well, uh, there was meant to be a meteor shower, and all the storms have stopped us from seeing these beautiful meteors light up our sky. Was that I the, think the they Perse- washed away the meteors. The Perseids, wasn't it? Yes. Well, we, also, did get, we did get some lovely storms to look at, and the, the garden needed the rain. Also, Saturn is on the horizon at the moment. It's just about to leave our sight of view until God knows how many months. So I missed out on that as well. Well, it wasn't. It was only a year ago. I got the telescope up, and actually, for the first time, using my own eyes and a, a telescope, managed to see the rings of Saturn. Yeah, was, that was uh, the plan. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And talking of looking at things like Saturn, we've got another new segment later in the show. Hutton's Sky Tonight, where we're going to be delving into a little bit of the um, astrophysics behind uh, the galaxy. Which I'm really is the excited first time. about that. Yeah, we, we've got a new bit too. So we're going all serious and, well, <clears throat> no, it's Hutton. We're not going serious. We, we tried to find somebody quite as mad as Patrick Moore. And then we overshot by quite a lot. <laughs> yes, he doesn't wear a monocle, but um, anyway, he does wear a flat cap. Um, so yes, we're, we're bringing back a voice that you may not have heard for a little bit. There's, we've got Commander Rampage, who's popped in and out. But Commander Rampage, we're hoping, is going to join us for a regular piece. And Snoz himself as a voice on the radio station. So it's not just a name, there is a voice to the name as well. So um, we're adding sort of two more to the team on a, on a regular basis. And you may also notice that the flossy tune is currently... On a sabbatical as well, Flossie. Sad face. Yeah. Because there's <gasps> no community goals, no official frontier created community goals, and there are no interstellar initiative. No. And we didn't want to compete with the earworm. 
Yep. <laughs> and and, and the, 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 clo- the closest we get is sort of um, appeals that we're putting out in the news and all sorts of stuff. Factions getting up to stuff and all sorts, which sort of aren't really goals, but they are factions doing things, you know, like the guard frequency, like the dark wheel, like us. And we thought, well, no, is it really fair shoehorning these in as sort of fake CGs? Nah, it's not. So we've given you something new to do, Flossie. Oh, right. Right. I, I mean, you're a sporty kind of character, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, you can often be found yeah. on the, the tennis courts, I, I, running the odd marathon, odd game oh, of kickabout yeah, yeah. in the park, you know, with the, with the football. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ch- challenging dead meat on the the, the, uh, the field of battle, also known as the rugby pitch. <laughs> and we cycled as far as we did as well. Yeah. Ah, yes, I can do that. I can do um, cycling on my pedals here, yes. And, and as for the martial arts, my goodness, Flossie. You keep telling us you're harmless, <laughs> and I don't believe a word of it. Flossie's got a black belt in the ancient art of hygiene up, I think, and possibly origami and knitting. Or is it crochet? She doesn't use a blackboard, didn't she? She uses a saucepan. <laughs> but I know something I Flossie does... I do knitting does. and crochet and cross-stitch. I know something Flossie does have uh, a black belt in. Mm-hmm. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, so what have we got? We've got a, we've got a, we, well, to say we don't have tunes coming up. We do have a tune coming up, but is it, it's one of our tunes. So I said, what? I'm going to take a little bit of break now. I'm going to hand over to a tune. Then after that, we're going to go straight into the Encyclopedia Galactica. Anyway, enjoy yourselves, everybody, and we will be back shortly. Well, I went down to Hutton and I saw Alvin. He was like, Orf? And I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and this pirate comes up to me and he's all like, give me all your stuff. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So, well, later, I'm on the planet and this skimmer comes up and it's like, pew, pew. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. This is my fashion state of whatever. Yeah, and this is your fashion state of whatever. And this is our fashion state of whatever. Well then, it was 3am and I'm in a war zone wearing my python. This fed comes up and he says, Hey, punk. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Right, yeah, and then I'm smuggling in the Rubigo, and Officer Leroy comes up to me and he's like, Hey, I thought I told you, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Well, then up comes Simuth. I'm like, yo, Simuth, what's up? He's like, nothing. And I'm like, that's cool. This is my faction state of whatever. And this is our Hutton faction of whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Hutton Orbital. No, it's supposed to look like that. Encyclopedia Galactica presents The Corporations, an investigation into the huge companies that make the galaxy what it is today. This week, Manticore. <laughs> Manticore 
has a long history. Founded as Manticore Mining and Manufacturing at the start of the 20th century, it initially became famous for its water-repellent coating, its sticky notes and its treatment for genital herpes. After an unsuccessful foray into manufacturing ear protectors and after a very long time manufacturing photocopiers, Manticore made its first big break into military hardware, manufacturing a number of types of highly successful rapid-fire rifles and shoulder-mounted rocket launcher, which was used to great effect by both sides in the Earth invasion of Tau Ceti in 2240. Fast forward to the 29th century and the release of the Cobra multi-role spaceship, a design that over the years would liberate millions of commanders to blaze their own trail among the stars. Manticore realised that these ships would need weapons, that ship-mounted weaponry commanded a far higher price than rifles ever would, and that any company that got into the business of manufacturing ship-mounted weapons would clean up nicely. By the time Falcon Manspace released the ASP in 2858, Manticore cannon and multi-cannon had become the de facto standard throughout the inhabited galaxy used by the majority of ships in the Galcop Galactic Navy. Manticore also manufactured and continues to manufacture Dumbfire missiles, a design that shows that you don't need to do anything clever to have a successful product. But in the modern galaxy, it's not weaponry that makes up the bulk of Manticore's business. There are two product lines that define the modern Manticore. Pharmaceutical isolators and limpets. Pharmaceutical isolators were originally developed as a medicine, but their practical value for law enforcement officers and undertakers soon became clear. Capable of efficiently extracting organic compounds while leaving everything else alone, they're excellent at retrieving bodily remains from crashed ships and from combat aftermath, as well as retrieving the remains of commanders who took too long to get through the toast track or who loitered near a landing pad. Much later, by an unlikely quirk of fate, Professor Ishmael Palin, who was investigating ways to make thrusters more effective, discovered that the ability of the isolators to project organic matter through space with astonishing force was just what he needed to perfect his Grade 5 dirty drives, something that makes pharmaceutical isolators one of the most sought-after commodities in the galaxy. Of course, with the recent prolonged boom in mining, sales of billions of commodity-priced limpets vastly increase Manticore's turnover. While not vastly profitable, Manticore makes 20 credits in profit for every limpet that's ever sold anywhere in the galaxy. And Manticore has made many mining billionaires by making limpets available. But it's also made vast profits, despite claims that its limpets sometimes appear to commit suicide by crashing into any hard surface they can find. As its sales manager says, Manticore makes its profits not from the limpets people use, but from both the limpets that go wrong and from the limpets that get abandoned or ejected into space by miners who need more cargo space. Manticore has come a long way from its roots as a manufacturer of commodity sticky notes. But just as offices used to be left knee-deep in Manticore sticky notes, the galaxy now finds itself knee-deep in expired Manticore limpets. What a legacy!
public announcement. We will shortly... Well, that was a very short public announcement. Don't know what happened there. Let's see if we can find it again. This is a staff announcement. Would a lighting technician please report to the upper radio mast with the right size orange bulb? Ah, uh, sounds like they haven't got there yet <coughs> from previous. Oh, well, well, thank you very much, Commander Wotherspoon. It's, it's nice to have you in the studio as well as with your, your Manticore special there. Is this, is this a regular feature now? Have you got more for us coming up? I think I might well be looking at some other corporations, yes. Possibly including the Brewer Corporation, who are particularly popular at the moment. Well, I imagine they're particularly wealthy. To fleet carriers. I I would imagine they they probably are. Although, there is a possibility of a class action lawsuit against them by angry uh, angry commanders, excuse me, (laughs) who... um, who uh, perhaps perhaps are sort of hoping to get to their tritium back. Their tri- mm. Well, yes, there is also um, the daylight robbery that I understand has struck King Hanky, where he's parted with a billion credits and ended up with no fleet carrier. Or five billion credits, whatever it is. Are they on back order? Uh, I think they're on back order over in Colonia. <clears throat> so he's um, con- contacting the Pilots' Federation by semaphore all the oh, way from Colonia to try and get his either his credits back or a lovely, shiny new fleet carrier. I think it's his second one. Or at least belonging right, to one yes, of his clones. Yes, because one's never enough, is it? No. I don't know why he doesn't just jump on a fleet carrier and come back. <laughs> <laughs> he could jump on his own fleet carrier. His other fleet carrier. Just send it back and then go yes. back to the bubble. You can't park a fleet carrier on a fleet carrier, can you? Oh, goodness. <laughs> carriers on carriers all the way down, isn't it? Like like Russian dolls, I suppose. Okay, well, um, I think we've got another announcement. Turtles. Yeah, we, we've, I think we've got another announcement from the the uh, the station announcer, and then we're going to go into Flossie's bit. So, Flossie, I've I've got some music lined up for you. Are you ready? All right. For your sporty sport, have you? Have I you am got, ready. Have you got your lycra on? Have you warmed up? <laughs> have you done, done your stretch? Oh, she has. It yeah. looks great. Oh goodness. Yeah, right. Mm. Well, we're going to do an announcement, and then I'm going to push a magic button, and it might play um, the the sports report tune. <coughs> we haven't recorded a new song yet, but um, Commander Wotherspoon's been very, very uh, handy in hunting down some of the tunes, and I think uh, Palantir hunted this one down, courtesy of our friends over at Lave Radio, possibly. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's see what the station mm-hmm. announcer has to say yes. first. Well, they're not using this. It. Is a public announcement. Naked flames are prohibited in the vicinity of Cubicle Three. You all know what happened last time. Dave's eyebrows still haven't grown back. Good evening everyone, Flossie here with the latest from the Hutton Sports, kindly sponsored by the Hutton Helper. It's been another busy week on the pitches, courses and tracks of the galaxy, so here's the rundown of the final scores. First, the inaugural Invitational Open Championship. Astro Snufkin lost the toss and elected to go last, paired with the Hidden Shallows. Sir Rogue bogged his first run. Losing out to Old Ed with 36,000 under par. Wolfric stuck it in the rough, leaving Michael T to win that pairing and the trophy with a score of 175 light years over the 87,000. Congratulations to Michael T who has been awarded this week's green jacket and a decal for his caddy. Next it's the No Holds Barred Hutton Ultimate Ultimate Warrior Cup. Meza Kurin took an early win with a flying suplex off the top rope and a respectable score of 35 million by a submission. 
Ertig and Josh Mercer were disqualified for attacking the referee with a chair, but taking the belt, the cup and the glory this week was Alex Zuno taking home the 144 million credit bounty prize after slapping the enemy with a haymaker that they won't soon forget. In the Exploration Championship, scores were as follows. Jethar Burrell, I'll start again. Jethar Burrell Academicals, 106 million. Rambo United, 237 million. 67 Mistake Not City, 790,000. Micro T Stanley, 252 million. Excel Wednesday, 794 million. Comet Born Albion, 52 million. Xella finished the week at the top of the table. In the mysterious league of competitive mission juggling, we have to rely on the translations of the hamster judges sent over by Antares Fusion. No one knows exactly how this is scored. But in the first heat, Montgomery Python beats Melantrix, who earned a disqualification for bringing a rubber ferret. Even higher scoring was the round between Simmons and Alex Zuno, retired with a groin injury at 40 Love. Finally, we have Antares Fusion with the 1,548 points, defeating Buana Jim and claiming the first full break of the tournament, making Antares Fusion this week's champion. Seems a bit suspicious, that. The 2020 Trucking Trophy matches were all called off this week due to bad weather. With all opponents unable to complete their innings, Montgomery Python returns the Ashes. Uh, sorry, Montgomery Python retains the Ashes. And that's all from this week's Sports Desk. All winners should report to the paint stores with some ID to claim their free pot of paint and stencil. More from the unfathomable world of sport next week. Thank you, Flossie. We're glad you know what's going on as we haven't got a clue. And well done to all this week's winners. Our commiserations to Alex Zuno on picking up that injury. And we hope that the issue with the ferret is sorted out soon. Next, it's a classic advert from the archives. And then on to the Galnet Food Digest with Amelia. Howdy there, hoss. I'm Buck. You see this asp? This ain't your asp. This one's mine but it could be yours. The Lake On Spaceways ASP is the ultimate in versatile space. Why, it has more uses than a mason jar at a county fair. It even has a tool for removing stones from horses' hooves. Old Bessie sure appreciates that. Your new ASP can be rigged in three wonderful editions exclusively from Lake On Spaceway. You can get yourself an Explore ASP for those long road trips to the Crab Nebula, a Combass for taking part in the next nearby Civil War or even our most popular addition, the Hall Asp. Perfect for trucking to hunting, just like old Buck Naked did during the hunting run. Take my advice, partner. Everyone should have a good asp they can trust to keep on trucking all night long, only from Lake On Spaceway. This is a staff announcement. Would floor mopping guy please report to the hotbox offices urgently 
and bring your big bucket. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Food Digest. We try the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous foods, so you don't have to. This week, we're heading for the 47 SETI system and planet A5, a water world in name, but in reality, it resembles more of a prehistoric paradise, complete with megafauna and megaflora straight out of the lost world. Step forward, the SETI elephant bird, the eponymous Apiornis that gives its name to the Apiornis egg. On Earth, the elephant bird was originally a native of Madagascar and in size more closely resembled a dinosaur than it did a chicken. Whilst it was hunted to extinction by mankind, uh, this appears to be a running theme in these food digests, samples of its DNA were discovered and preserved. And as with the mammoths from an earlier digest, saved for future generations. 47 Seti was chosen as the perfect location for recreation of this gigantic bird. Though after genetic modification to help it cope with the dense atmosphere and local gravity, what used to stand three meters tall now is many, many, many times that size. As with other avian species, it lays eggs. However, these eggs have to be seen to be believed. Sitting at a whopping one meter in diameter, these eggs more closely resemble alien monoliths than anything else. The noises that the birds make when laying them reverberate around the jungles of the water world, a terrifying mix between a roar and a scream that keeps any predators away. The eggs themselves are prized as a delicacy, but delicates they are not. The shells are a solid inch thick and the whole egg weighs over a ton. Teams of sous chefs roam the planet looking for these eggs and with the aid of heavy lifting equipment, haul them back to their restaurants ready for preparation. Accidents are common. One bistro attempted to make a three egg omelette and ended up drowning half the staff. Flying shards of shell have been known to leave many with lacerations and others have been crushed as the eggs roll over. For those who like them in salads, Hard boiling one of these monstrosities takes over a day, and the specialist chefs who would make Apiornis egg meringue have biceps that professional wrestlers would be proud of. Some students, on an exchange from the Imperial Academy, managed to steal a box of these eggs one Halloween and attempted to egg the local governor's house. It took out the whole block, and uh, heavy digging equipment had to rescue the survivors. We won't even mention what happened when someone tried to microwave one. Suffice to say, napalm hot seti elephant bird eggs splattered in a 200 meter radius. It wasn't pleasant. A fad for a seti eggy bread left an entire planet with a flour shortage. And these babies are big enough to dunk entire soldiers in. Eaten just as eggs. These are not much different from your common or garden chicken variety. Huge slices of white can go in your sandwiches, served with giant cress. It's when you use them as an ingredient that their full potential is revealed. The richest cakes, the most delicious custard you've ever tasted. And of course, batter. 
to die for. They're worth every one of the 2,500 credits per ton, which coincidentally is exactly one egg. But where's the danger? Well, would you steal a one-ton egg from a 40-foot-tall bird with claws the length of your leg and a bad attitude? I thought not. Oh, and you might want to consider the cholesterol. This is Amelia Hawke for the Galnet Food Digest. I'm off to try a seti au pochet moret. A whole egg poached in a vat of red wine and served with some mulaki giant fungus. I may be some time. We try all the rare and dangerous foods in the galaxy so you don't end up the, on the lunch menu of a giant murder chicken. <laughs> Thank you, Amelia. And now, it's probably time to go to one of our new features as we, we head over to our resident astronomers and Hutton's Sky Tonight show. Um, I was just having a quick glance over at our, our stream chat here. We noticed that uh, Commander Beetlejude has turned up and is sending much love for the Galnet Food Digest. I think there's some kind of teddy bear hugging a heart. And, and thank you, Beetlejude. <coughs> um, what, else have we, what else have we got going on in the chat channels? Uh, no, lots of people taking the mickey out of loose knockers. That's about right, isn't it? Uh, isn't it's it there, Deadmeat? Of course. It's what he's there for. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like oh, you vanished briefly there. You, you had to scarper across to another room, or your, your internet's let you down a tiny bit. It did, yes. We'll blame I had the to weather. unplug and replug and jiggle about, and uh, then it all worked again. And by the way, apology officer, I can read exactly what you're writing on the screen, and you and I are going to be having words later. Or I'm hungry now. Yeah, that one. We'll let you off with that one. The David's not reading this, so I can write what I want. On the other hand, I'm looking over my glasses <laughs> at you now. Apology officer. I think we might need an apology from the apology officer about the apology officer uh, next week. Talking of that, let's just crack the door and let's see what we've got from the announcer. This is a staff announcement. Would Commander Ventura? Please report to the parade with his pan pipes. The broken loose again. <laughs> oh dear. Ventura, what have you been up to? Yes, yeah, so Ventura's week off this week, but I think he is lurking somewhere in the studio as well, just in case I mess it up completely. Right. Now, uh, this is this is the point where we ask um, Commander Snoz and we ask um, Rampage whether they're ready for their ready for their section. Um, now, we, we've even got a new tune for this one. I think this one, Commander Wotherspoon, this, you, you sourced this one for us, didn't you? This is a... Is it a Toko So Special? Indeed it is. Um, Tom, Tom Cook has made so much music available to us. He's, he's, he's just an absolute hero. He has been, and we you know, would like to thank him enormously. And maybe if we're feeling really, really handy, I might prevail upon one of my co-presenters to drop a link um, over to... Uh, some of some of his other works uh, over in our chat channel and maybe on the Facebook page by way of a thank you, and um, yeah, go and check out some of the some of the music over there because it really is spectacular and perfect for Hutton. It's almost too professional for us, really. <laughs> we're we are consummately professional here. It takes an awful lot of practice, skill, <coughs> and um, luck to make a show sound quite this uh, cobbled. We should try that actually. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I think the word you're looking for is chutzpah. Yeah, we could we could use that word as well. I can't spell it, but um, I can certainly use it. I've got at least two of them in my cupboard. Right, and now it's 
The Sky Tonight from Hutton. Good evening and welcome to this, the first episode of The Sky Tonight. I'm Sir N.A.T. and I'll be here to guide you through the guides around Hutton as well as the science, sights and sounds of the galaxy. To aid me in my quest to educate, entertain and exasperate, I have our correspondent from Oop North. The supremely down to earth, he really is you know, he's from Seoul. The northern ninja himself, Norman Ski. That knighthood of his, it's not real. Hello everyone. Tonight we're going to start with a topic closer than close to home. Home. So what is home exactly? And who on, insert planetary system of your choice here, put it there. For those of you new to the area, Ohm is Utton Orbital, a remote and lone outpost orbiting the sole planet, Eden. Orbiting Proxima Centauri, itself part of a three-star system, encompassing the true binary Alpha Centauri A and Alpha Centauri B, and Proxima orbiting the binary pair. The Alpha Centauri system is the nearest system to Sol, a mere four light years in galactic terms and three times closer than the nearest Sol likes. According to the history books available in the Pilots Federation archives, Eden in 2038 was the first planet on which liquid water was discovered by means of spectroscopy. Yeah, for spec savers. <clears throat> this discovery and the proximity of Alpha Centauri system led to the eventual wider explanation of space and indeed Saturn. Alpha Centauri was first reached by probe in 2110. 41 years later, a settlement was established in Tau Ceti on Tau Ceti 3. This provides clear evidence that people are indeed stupid. I mean, why go all the way out to Tau Ceti when our beloved Alpha Centauri is much closer? Madness, I tell thee. Madness. Anyhow, there has been a suggestion that humans may have passed through Alpha Centauri on the way to colonise other systems. But the fact is, we simply don't know. We know very little about the first colonisation of Alpha Centauri itself, although Lawmasters, thank you Senator Wager and Commander Van Dieren, suggest that as Alpha Centauri wasn't one of the founding members of the Federation, and given there's not much in the way of useful planets here, there was, I of course disagree, the Hutton Freedom Party may well be the original settlers until the truckers restored a level of sanity to the region. The current Hutton orbital outpost is the fifth of its line. The first, second and third iterations had long and successful existences before sinking into the swamp. The fourth had an unexplained and abrupt disappearance shortly after completion, which has led to many conspiracy theories since, and is possibly the source of the rumour that anacondas can indeed be purchased at the Alp. A lot of hard science has gone into this, you know. You mean that tritium crystal encrusted pen you used to write your script? That's all the science I've seen so far. So... What does it all mean? Uh. He's supposed to say that. Aye, what does it all mean? The fact is, we simply don't know. But what we do know is that the Alpha Centauri system is a mature system much the same age as Sol, with Alpha Centauri A being a near twin to Sol in almost every way. Alpha Centauri A's spectral class is G, the same as Sol. Alpha Centauri B is smaller and dimmer, being a K-class star, and yet still quite similar to the third member of the system, Proxima Centauri, is a much smaller M6-class red dwarf that orbits the AB pair more than 10,000 times further than the Earth sold. The much-mentioned 0.22 light-years, which due to orbital eccentricity, is currently 0.21 light-years. The Alpha Centauri system, in ancient times, was originally known as Rigel Kendra, which is a Latinization of the Arabic name Rigel al Quinturus. In European times, the system was known as Toliman, which is a translation again of the Arabic Al-Thaliman, 
meaning the two male ostriches. Since ratification in the early 21st century, Alpha Centauri A's proper name has been attributed as Rigel Centaurus, with Alpha Centauri C being confirmed as Proxima Centauri. Chandra data from the 20th and 21st centuries revealed the prospect for life around Alpha Centauri A in terms of X-ray bombardment is better than that around Sol. And in the case of Alpha Centauri B, only slightly worse than that around Sol. Proxima, on the other hand, was found to be an active red dwarf sending out frequent bursts of dangerous X-ray radiation and probably hostile to life. Zones around Proxima receive an average dose of X-rays about 500 times more than Earth and up to 50,000 times larger during a big flare. Next week, we should be investigating stellar flares. What are they? How do they come about? And who the heck thought it would be a good idea to fly through them to clip? Until next week, I've been serenating. And I've been awesome. Hey! He's been Norman Ski. Do you know what? I've learned something this week. Since when did we become sort of all, all clever and sciencey? Since we let that snoz get involved. <laughs> yeah, well, awesome. That was actually quite. Oh, well, I found that quite interesting. I learned something, and mm. I live here. Mm, yeah. But um, yeah, so I think next week he's, ta- he's talking about the stellar flares. Well, we know them as solar flares, but obviously we're not in Sol; we're in another star. So <coughs> stellar flares will 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 do, and that doesn't mean some kind. Yeah, of... Yeah, I had a pair of those in the seventies. <laughs> yes, and, and and I met her as well. Um, mm-hmm. I got my pair free with ten cans. Yeah, to go with your 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 long hair and your uh, your hippie beads. Yes, and and my platform shoes. <laughs> Goodness gracious me. <laughs> yeah. The mind boggles, the mind boggles. Well, we, we, we're sort of rampaging through the show at the moment. Obviously, with the, with the new format of it, one of the other things to do is give us a little bit so a little bit of our evenings <coughs> back. But um, So, a little bit of a shorter show these days. But we're going to refine it uh, a bit more. So, there's much more meat to the show uh, and less fluff on the outside. But, um, I, 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 well, we get some feedback from everybody. Stop using my jokes. No, Mike, you wrote them and put them in the script, you burk. Anyway, um, hang on a second. Another incoming message. This is a yes, I'm sure we'll be able to... Oh. With a lighting technician, please report to the upper radio mast... He still hasn't got that. ...orange bulb. Can somebody please get the lighting technician another bulb? This is a passenger announcement. For those wishing to travel on the For the Mug Tourist Beacon day trip, you're too late. It just left. Too slow, suckers. All right, well, thank you very much to the uh, <coughs> apology officer who seems to be moonlighting as a, a station announcer. Um, I can smell cabbages. Can you smell cabbages? Why is that coming across my screen? Oh, dear, we're going to have to have words with it. Anyway, well, look, um, thank you very much, everybody, for uh, joining us in the studio. A nice early evening this evening for everybody. Do we have anything else to add? What have we got? We've got some stuff on the weekend, I think Flossie mentioned. So there's some CQC and there's the mug meet tomorrow night over at Alpha Centauri. So we hope we're going to see mm-hmm. a bunch of you over at Alpha C and uh, maybe load up a fleet carrier with a few mugs. I don't know how maybe get some nice walking. pictures. <laughs> see, see how big a fine Flossie can get this month. <laughs> how many billions? What is that? How much do you get fined for one cargo canister in the no fire zone? I can't remember. It's not an awful lot, really. It's just it adds up. <laughs> it was 250 credits, so it's 225,000 tonnes of 250 credits worth of fines for Flossie. That's about enough to buy your own fleet carrier off that lot, isn't it? Nice. <laughs> oh, do you mean I could have had a fleet carrier? Damn. <laughs> yes, you possibly could have had a fleet carrier. If I, if I wanted one. <laughs> if you, if, well, yeah, if you wanted one. I, I'm enjoying being a hitchhiker. Oh, have you seen that movie? Hitcher. 
Somebody must have seen it. Wasn't it a Rutger Hauer movie? Uh, yes. Mm. God, yeah, that's a chilling, chilling film, that is. Right, anyway, so that's uh, the, the end of the show for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much to our viewers over on Twitch as well. We will be back, um, same place, same time, possibly a different producer, or maybe me again if I feel like a complete glutton for punishment. Uh, thank you very much to Amelia and the Galnet Food Digest. Yay! We hope you like your oeuf poche morette. I do, I love food. Food is so good. Yes. Thank you very much to Commander Wotherspoon and his manticore. For the mug. You can go and put those limpets back now if you really want. Thank you to Deadmeat and his big book of whatever is going on in Hutton Space at the moment. You got as far as Big Bert and I wonder what was coming next. And to Harry Balsack for his uh, co-writing, for everybody for the co-writing duties this week. Uh, we actually shared the shared the writing out between everybody. But thank you very much, as usual, for uh, uh, propping me up when I looked like I was going to fall over this week. <laughs> Always welcome. Uh, and to, to Normski, who's lurking in the corner because he doesn't trust me to push all the buttons correctly in the right order. <laughs> uh, of course, to Snoz and also to Rampage for their, their additional bits. And to the Apology Officer for writing goodnight, everyone, on the screen. Um, so a quick one. Good night, everyone, from me too. Oh, sorry, Flossie. Oh, you know when you're concentrating so hard on what button's coming next, you miss somebody really important. Hang on a second. I'm, I'm just going over the other side of the studio. I'm just, I'm just coming over. <laughs> Ow! Right, I'm sorry, Flossie. And thank you very much for Flossie, for, for Flossie's new bit in the sports report and, and um, wearing that lycra. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit tight, this. It's, well, it, uh, it, it suits you, especially if you want to be doing more exercise. Right, um, <laughs> a couple of little bits to go out, and of course we're going to start a new tradition. We're actually going to be the end of the show on a very, 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 very popular tune. But uh, one more from the Apology Officer first. Let's have a look. This is a public announcement. You are cordially invited to join us in a rousing rendition of Kumbaya. Two, three, four. Kumbaya, oh my Lord. Kumbaya. Me. I think Kumbaya, the apology officer has been at the Onion Head. Kumbaya, Can somebody please Kumbaya, go and sedate the apology Lord, officer? Kumbaya. From flashbacks oh, Lord, of guide camps and campfires. <laughs> oh, <laughs> flashback to a flashback to something. Anyway, anyway. Um, I say, it, it's Cecil here. I think I've tuned in to the right radio station. Uh, is this Hatton? Well, it certainly was. Good night, everyone. For the month! For the month!
Just where I come in 